find a model of excellence and someone whose content is like similar to what you think you would like to make. There are people with content that have a lot of videos. There's a lot of like demonstration videos or talking head videos. There's a lot of people that do infographics. There's a lot of people that do more lifestyle photo shoot stuff. And there's a ton of different options, but choose something that feels like, you know what, I can stick to this and commit to this. You've gotten great at divine working, but what about divine living? Welcome to the Divine Living Podcast. I'm your host, Gina DeVee. You're not alone in wanting more. And here at the Divine Living Podcast, you can expect to be part of conversations from women like us who unapologetically dream big and are obsessed with manifesting our most fabulous lives. The conversation starts now. Hello, queens. Welcome to today's podcast. It is such a joy and honor to have today's guest here. This is one of the wonders of the internet. I will tell you that. I'm going to take you on a little bit of a personal journey. Uh, many of you may already know today's guest. And for any of you who don't, you are in for the treat of your week, let me tell you. So today's guest is none other than Amanda Bucci. And Amanda Bucci is someone who has been a true inspiration to me before I even actually knew who she was. Because so many people were coming to me and saying, you got to follow this woman on Instagram. You got to follow this woman on Instagram. And I'm going to out myself right here, right now. So I want you, anyone who feels like they are late to the Instagram party, I'm going to let you know I'm right there with you. And I have brought basically the queen of Instagram into your earbuds today. So you're welcome. And we're going to get you on track. But you know, I started my career back in 2004, old school internet marketing, you know, kind of got onto Facebook, but I'm like, what's the social media thing? And then as I, you know, I was making my money, building my business, traveling the world, life was good. So I didn't really think that I needed Instagram and didn't really pay attention until my team my clients, my own followers, community, everyone was like, are you listening to Bucci Radio? Are you listening to Amanda Bucci's podcast? Are you following this woman on Instagram? And I was like, what is the deal? And who is this woman? So then I started following her and I got it. This woman is magic in every sense of the word. And not only is she beautiful for those of you who are following her and know what she looks like, it is her heart and soul that has really captured mine. And, you know, so I went from like being enamored with her as an entrepreneur and a businesswoman and just like seemed like a really cool woman to having the blessing of having her come like alive into my life in recent months where we've gotten to know each other a bit. We've done a mastermind day together and we're kind of floating in the same circle now. So I just want to like give so much gratitude to the universe, the world, this Instagram thing, like all things come together in such a full circle moment. So I think that's just something that's really cool. So without further ado, let me formally introduce you to Amanda Bucci, and then you're going to get to hear from the woman herself. Amanda Bucci is an intuitive and holistic business mentor and social media strategist who helps personal brands and creative entrepreneurs create their own lane in the market. Listening ladies, while they grow their business of their dreams. Amanda is equal parts teacher, creator, coach, and entrepreneur, which means she's well known for her informative, 
relatable, and I'm that's relatable in all caps, ladies, inspiring and actionable Instagram posts, podcasts, and articles with well over 550,000 Instagram followers, 25 million YouTube channel views, and 5 million podcast downloads. Amanda's mission is not only to help people build the business of their dreams, but to be authentically themselves while doing it. So Amanda, thank you so much for joining us on the Divine Living Podcast. Oh my God. Hi. I feel like I'm coming on to the Oprah show or something. And I just got this entire slideshow. Yes, queen. Yes. What an amazing intro. Best 100% that I've ever had. Thank you so much. And I had no idea that you started your Instagram in small part because of me in some capacity. That is so cool. Absolutely. It was like, this girl's got it going on and was watching it for so long. So... I know that there's so much that we can talk about and I have so many questions for you, but I always like to start from a personal basis because as much as we see online and and do the big like, oh, she did that, we all uh, have a story and I would love to get to know yours more and share your story more with our listeners. Yeah. Thank you so much for asking. Before we get started, I want to apologize to any listeners for the raspy voice. I personally love raspy voices when people lose their voice. I'm like, that's hot. (laughs) So feel free to enjoy it if you want to. But anyways, um, thank you for asking about my just my background. So I grew up in Rhode Island, small estate, very, very small feeling of the state. Everybody is one degree away from each other in terms of friendships or family. It's very, very small. And growing up in Rhode Island, I had a really great family. I was pretty good at school. I liked science. I liked sports. But I, I, in my perception, it was quite just mediocre. There was this contentment type of feeling that I had where I didn't feel like it was bad, but it definitely didn't feel like it was good. And I was stuck in this kind of middle level, which I always say is kind of a dangerous place to be because you don't know what you don't know. You don't have awareness or you're not at rock bottom enough to really like pull yourself out and do something incredible for yourself. So my background is in fitness for those who don't know. And I started doing just, you know, basic workouts and stuff with my mom in high school because I had exercise induced asthma and I tried out for the soccer team, didn't make the soccer team. It was a whole thing. So by the time I got to college, I was so excited about fitness. And I had a friend that did something called the bikini competition. And I was like, that looks awesome. I want to try that also. So I started training and and prepping myself for a bikini competition. And I did my first one in the summer of 2014. And I absolutely loved it. So I'm in college, I'm in nursing school in Rhode Island, training for these bikini competitions. And I was having, you know, a lot of just challenges come up around that in terms of not having a community. And that's really how I got started on Instagram. I felt like I needed a place to put what I was doing and I was excited to talk about it, but I didn't feel supported in my environment. So I found people on Instagram. I posted my first couple of pieces of content and I just fell in love with it. In the summer of my junior year of college, I have this friend and I feel like we all have these different types of friends. And I'm sure you can relate to this too, Gina, like the one spontaneous friend, the one friend that you can like go to meditation with, the one friend that you can go do this with. I had this one spontaneous friend that I could always count on for fun, for parties, and for excitement, basically. Mm -hmm. And she goes, would you want to move to California for the summer with me? And I was like, fuck, 
no, <laughs> I was like, I have no money. I don't have a job. Like I was, I was waitressing a little bit, but I didn't have money saved. I was in college. Um, I had like a couple hundred dollars to my name and I was very practical. And she was like, what if we get a waitressing job before we get there? I was like, okay, that's like the only possible way. So we ended up emailing a bunch of random restaurants in Venice and we got this interview at the Venice Ale House, which is on the Venice Boardwalk in oh my gosh, which is like where I live now. And it was this like hippie guy that owns the restaurant. He's like, yeah, just come down and we'll hire you and whatever. And I was like, okay. So we, we drive across the country Amazing. and we barely had any money. There was like a small apartment in Venice that her, I, and her cousin all put a deposit down for three months. And I waitressed every single day that summer. I went to Gold's Gym in Venice. I met a bunch of people. And that's when I really realized that what I was missing, what I wasn't getting, that level of excitement and that level of like, oh, this is what is available outside of just the mediocre kind of life that I was living in Rhode Island. So I ended up going back to Rhode Island I finished my last year of nursing school all while I was waitressing a couple days a week to save up money to go move to LA officially. And I was also training for bikini competitions. I got my first couple of fitness clients from Instagram directly. And I was just so excited about it. I started getting sponsorships. I did my bikini competitions when I moved officially. And I was making enough money as a 22-year-old that I could pay for my monthly rent in LA, which is pretty expensive. <laughs> Amazing. And I was so excited about that. So in the meantime, I graduated nursing school, moved to LA. I'm making like three or $4,000 a month, which is pretty fucking good. And I end up um, not take, like not passing my nursing exam, which was super challenging for me. I had to make the decision, do I go all in with this and retake this exam and finish what I started? And use the degree that I spent four years getting? Or do I put all my time and energy into continuing on with this fitness coaching, Instagram, YouTube situation that I kind of do, but not all the way. So the rest is history. I went all in wow. with my channel. I, from 2016, I went from 6,000 subscribers to 100,000 subscribers in six months on YouTube, which is insane. Wow daily YouTube vlogs, posting on Instagram, just like really building up the community, the engagement, the consistency. And I ended up just kind of blowing up. It was really, it was really quick. It was crazy. After a couple of years of doing that, I ended up closing that part of myself or my brand down and te started teaching people how to build audiences on social media and how to build businesses. And since then, I've dove headfirst into the business space and into the entrepreneurship space. I've gotten my own mentors, invested six figures plus into my own business mentorship to make sure that I could serve my clients at the level that I feel integrity and, mm -hmm. and just really was able to build something incredible. I've served hundreds of clients personally, thousands of my courses, and my business has made seven figures multiple times now, and, which is crazy in the last like couple of years. So it's been a very quick journey, a ton of learning, and it all started with just saying yes to something that felt right for me. Which was posting a picture of 
yourself and your fitness goals on Instagram. Uh, amazing. Okay. This is one of the things that fascinates me the most about you. Like, first of all, congratulations and what a ride and what a story and what a way to just keep saying yes. You know, it's like if more women would just take those risks and and not even fail forward, just like go forward into the unknown. It's you just have no idea what how great life can really get until you just get in that habit of saying yes. So one of the things I love about what you just shared is you kind of glossed over it. I was going to interrupt you, but I wanted you to finish your story. <laughs> You're like, yeah, so I didn't really have community. And so I was training for a bikini competition. And so I thought I would start going and posting that online. Okay, like most people can't post, like are afraid to post a picture of their own lunch on Instagram for fear of like whatever criticism and rejection. And you just like come out of the gate. You're like, I think I'm going to start in what could be perceived as like the most vulnerable, controversial, like open for, you know, everybody's viewpoints from go girl to who do you think you are and everywhere in between. So like, what was going through your mind when you're like, I'm going to start here? Yeah, that's, that's such a good question. And the truth is it didn't happen that quickly. So I think I had been doing fitness for three years before I started using Instagram, but Instagram wasn't really a thing until like 2013, 14. And I remember actually being in college and feeling this judgment from other people in my community. So I did feel judgment and I didn't feel good about it. And I remember making a another Instagram account for my fitness content that was all private. And I only like accepted certain people and I had it all on private. And I would just post regular like random pictures from college on my other personal Instagram. And I remember one day feeling annoyed and bothered and stressed out that I had these two accounts and I was like, I feel like my life and my like real self is on this new fitness account and I'm just putting on this front for people with this other account. So I remember specifically one day, it's like the funniest thing. I posted this meme from The Great Gatsby with Leonardo DiCaprio and he's holding up his martini glass and the meme says, don't worry, haters, there's more coming. <laughs> Follow me at Amanda Bucci Fit, which is like the Instagram account that I have now, which is now Amanda Bucci. And it was fucking hysterical looking back. I was like, look at that little sassy me. Oh, yes. So I did end up making that account unprivate. I switched my like full content and energy over to there. And I did get plenty of criticism from people around me, but... It was like I was seeing that there were other people doing what I wanted to do. And I was like, you know what? There are people doing this. It's not just me. I'm not alone here. And that's what mm -hmm. I think social media really has created for people, for humanity over the last 10 years is being able to find community of like-minded people at the drop of a hat. Like we can find the exact group of people that we want to connect with now so fast. It doesn't even have to be local. It doesn't have to be with people around us. It's not limited to our family or our location. It's unlimited at this point. And it's insane. And that that's really what helped me. Awesome. So I think there might be so many people listening to you saying like, 
wait a minute, what is she talking about? You can find the exact group of people you're looking for because I think women might find themselves as entrepreneurs isolated behind their computers, like not in community and not knowing where the people are or, or women entrepreneurs looking for their clients and like not able to find their clients. So what advice do you have for these people who are saying, what do you mean you can find the exact group of people you're looking for? Yeah, I think that's a great question. So the cool thing about social media and posting content is that you will attract other people that are interested in that same content. And then there's an added layer when you share your personal, your personality, yourself, your thoughts, your experiences, your opinions, your life, your day to day, there will naturally be this like magnetic attraction for other people who are interested in what you're doing, who are similar to you in some capacity. I can tell you right now, I, I have gotten so many health and like nursing clients in the past, so many previous fitness coaches, so many people from the East Coast, a lot of like Rhode Islanders and, and just so many people that found me in some way, shape or form. And again, think about who you follow online and why you follow them. It's either because you want to be more like them, you're interested in them, which is another like wanting to be more like them in some capacity, or you're getting a lot of information and value from them, or you feel similar to them in some way. You resonate, you connect mm -hmm. on a human, human level. So the cool thing about having your own personal brand platform is that you just become a magnet for people that are like you. And then it helps you attract the right clients. It helps you attract the right audience for you that are potential buyers, right? And if we just put on this front, if we put on a front of here's who I want people to see me as this perfect, this, this curated, that this um, person that's hiding behind some sort of mask, we're not going to attract the right people. We're going to attract a bunch of random people. We'll attract people that aren't ever going to be customers or clients. We'll attract people that aren't ready to buy from us because they don't know who we are. They just see something on the surface level, right? So there's, there's that piece of it. It's like being the magnet for your own audience. And then number two is really putting yourself out there and collaborating, connecting with people, joining programs, joining other people's communities. There are so many Facebook groups. There are so many coaching programs. There are so many Instagram communities, YouTube communities. There are like small niche sectors of the internet that you can find whoever the fuck, whenever the fuck. It's insane. And sometimes you just have to be intentional about it. Like I personally love following and I'm interested in spirituality and polyvagal theory and therapy and spiritual psychology and, and entrepreneurship. And there's like very specific people that I follow that fall under all of those umbrellas. And like, that's where people end up following others on social media. So it's like learning about yourself and who you are and actually representing yourself authentically makes it so easy for people to be like, Oh, this is this is the exact person that fits my content consumption needs, right? And we're also, as a community, 2020 social media is a lot different from 2014, 15 social media. And the reason why is that there's a lot more people online to follow. And a lot of us are getting really overwhelmed with the amount of people that we're following. So we're going on unfollow sprees. 
we're doing social media detoxes, right? We are actively not consuming the content of people who are like general or fluffy or not mm-hmm. really resonating mm-hmm. with us anymore. So it's like, if you're not actively growing within yourself and translating your inside to the external world on social media, it's going to be a little bit more challenging for someone to choose you and follow you out of the 50 people whose content that they like look at every single day. And the easiest way to be at the top of mind person is to be super clear and upfront about who you are. And that is totally challenging. I seriously validate that. It's not easy to put yourself out there and to be seen and to show up in a way that, you know, you open yourself up to criticism and judgment. And that's all part of the journey. I think if you look at that as an actual opportunity to grow, as an opportunity to get more emotionally resilient and to access more of your power, it's almost like welcome that challenge in, right? Like all it's going to do is help you really grow and find yourself. And that's exactly what it did for me. This is such a beautiful take to hear because, you know, I think that most people do find the social media landscape daunting. It's like, where do I start and who do I follow and what do I do? And I could do this and I could do that. And it's like, you know, within all of the options, but the way that you've honed it down and yes, sometimes easier said than done, but given like the analysis paralysis mode, like what you're saying is, go be you, go write about what you're interested in, go share or ask questions or engage about topics that you are passionate about or lit up about. And then it organically is going to be like attracts like. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like the more the better and and people say to pick a niche, right? And like, Mm -hmm. that's absolutely a really powerful business practice. But I like to say niche down within yourself because there's plenty of things that you love and and like we are multifaceted human beings and again it's like picking a business model that's niche and focused and targeted is extremely helpful and supportive but you also have to think about making sure that you're just talking about yourself and like what it is that you're interested in for example I am in a spiritual psychology program. I am in an open long distance relationship. I live in Los Angeles. I have a dog. I am interested in plant medicine and psychedelics. I am interested in health and wellness and fitness. Like all of those pieces have created my audience. Like I have an audience of people that are specifically interested in one, two, three, four, five or more of those things. And that's awesome. Like those are going to be the people that stick around for a long time. And it's like, you can choose your niche for your business and really enhance um, your ability to stand out from the crowd by talking more about you and your life and your experiences, along with teaching the value that you have to bring with your expertise. And at the end of the day, there's so many people teaching, you know, a lot of the same stuff. Like, Gina, you and I teach the same thing, but we have completely different audiences. And there are so many reasons for that. And I think that's the coolest thing. It's like such a great example of like, there's no need to worry about this competition. Because if you just focus on being yourself, you're going to attract the people that are correct for you. And there's not going to be competition because people are choosing people that they resonate with more than they're choosing someone who has information. Mm-hmm. So tell me this, what's your relationship with writing your posts? 
Yes. Why do you ask? <laughs> well, um, because for two reasons. One, my own personal journey with it. And then also the uh, number of people that I coach and and hearing sort of like the smorgasbord in between. So I'll out myself. I'll, I'll talk about myself, which is pretty much a mirror of my clients as well. So I can be anywhere from lit up, excited, bored, irritated, and feel like it's just a hassle and annoyance and one more thing to do, you know, in any given week, month, season of, of my life. And like hearing you talk about this, like I'm starting to get like more excited about like, what, like, wow, well, I could talk about this. I should write about that. And not should, but like I want to. And like, I'm feeling that bubble and that hasn't that a genuine excitement has not been my relationship with writing social media posts. It's like, oh God, I got to do that. Or like the team will be like, so what's going on? Just, just someone else write something, you know, like I can get in that space, but like, so it doesn't seem yeah. like that's your relationship. So that's why I'm asking. No, I, to- I totally get that. And I have been there and I, I feel like this is such a, an interesting thing for entrepreneurship because like we are in, in some way, shape or form creating for a means to an end. Like we're creating to get clients. We're creating for the purpose of business. And it's like, there's a level of obligatory energy we put on certain tasks in our business, right? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I don't feel like doing this thing, but we have to because it's like the way that business works and like gotta make this funnel or gotta make this post or whatever. And I thought about this one a lot because I've always had a really good relationship to content creation and writing posts. And mm-hmm. I, I find myself, it's so interesting, like what we have resistance to, right? Like yes. I have a ton of resistance to Facebook ads. <laughs> You've done Facebook ads so much. And like, I cannot, like, I just, I can't, um, I have such a hard time. And there's, there's certain places where I find myself more resistant than others and certain spaces where I feel like there's more resistance than others. And I would just question that like, hello, resistance. What are you doing here? What is this resistance all about? Do I, how am I relating to this post? Do I feel like I have to do this? Do I feel like I'm just keeping up with the Joneses? Do I feel like I'm just regurgitating something? And to me, that's like some level of disconnection from the whole reason we all started this. And I totally get that. It's like you can get jaded really quick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Super mm-hmm. quick. And I've, I've literally, I've so been there. So for me, it's like the writing part and the creating part. If I feel like there's an obligation energy attached to it, there is a lot of resistance. It's like, I don't want to do something that I don't want to do. <laughs> exactly. I just want to do things I want to do. And for me, it's like the writing part is an expression of my soul. And I, I get so excited to come up with ideas and like create and express what's in my soul. But I'm also coming out with this quiz really soon. It might not be out by the time this podcast is out, but there's four different types of entrepreneurs that I see and we all have them inside of us. And like, it's just archetypes basically. So we have all of them, but there's typically like a primary, a secondary, a tertiary, and uh, whatever the word for the fourth one is. <laughs> what, what something. And their creator, which is what I see myself as primarily. And these are the people that have like a really easy time making content all the time. They have dope content. They're different from other people. They really take pride in their uniqueness. And then there's teachers, people that are 
experts in their field. They're book writers, they're podcast hosts, they are course creators. And they are there to spread the info, to teach people, to educate, and to share their method, message and methodologies. And then there's the coach who is the coach, the practitioner, the one-on-one, down on the ground. I love being with the people and guiding them through the transformation. And like, I love the process of that. And I love being with the people and I love intimacy and connection. And then there's the entrepreneur who loves seeing the bigger vision, who loves making all of the pieces work together. He loves the whole process of having starting something from nothing and bringing it into life. And each of these archetypes has their downfalls, right? Like maybe the entrepreneur doesn't naturally have that coaching, follow through, deep support, connection, energy. But if your business model is growing a coaching business, you got to activate that, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like, we can do our absolute best to live by our archetypal design and create a business model that really works for us. And we don't have to do a bunch of stuff we don't want to do. Like there is obviously a million ways to build a business outside of just using Instagram. Don't need mm-hmm. Instagram at all. There's a lot. There's, the party's definitely on Instagram right now, but some in, in five years it'll probably be somewhere else, right? Or like you can build an entire business on YouTube. You can build an entire business with Facebook ads, email marketing, Facebook groups, even off social media in general, right? Like there's investment capital and all of that stuff. And it's like figure out what feels great for you, and then you can also fill in the gaps by building skills and excitement to activate those other archetypes. Like I I don't, my last one, interestingly enough, is entrepreneur. And when I realized that, I was like, oh, fuck. (laughs) I'm not spending enough time in my creator energy. I spent so much time activating that entrepreneurship energy in me. Like I know my, I know business and the coaching industry and email marketing, digital marketing, all of the things like the back of my hand now. And it's like, I can still make sure my business is set up by design. Mm-hmm. Wow. So re- it's just such a great reminder just to be intentional. You know, intentional about your life, create your life by design, create your relationship with what, since we're talking about Instagram today. And, you know, if your followers or if your engagement isn't what you desire it to be on Instagram. And if your people are, because it is a business tool, I would say, especially if you're not in love with Instagram, and you're not using it just for social purposes. Um, you know, if your people are on LinkedIn and not on Instagram, you know, then go where your people are. But if your people are, you know, well, on Instagram, then it's about being intentional and excited. And I think, you know, really following the counterintuitive approach of, you know, we think we've got to be all things to all people and where you're saying just niche it down, just be you out yourself in terms of what you're lit up about and those people will flock. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I love the being intentional part. And I think like the part about not loving content creation or the consistency at which we have to write captions, it's like, get back to your why. Like what have you written in the past that's activated an awesome emotion for you or a challenging emotion. What do you love writing about that you that you get lit up about? What do you fucking hate in your industry? Like, what do you mm-hmm. love? Like, what do you want to be absolutely ridiculous in 20 years? Like, what is, what is that thing? 
because that is where your passion is going to come from. And it's like, that's, that's going to be the energy that informs everything that you do. Um, and obviously there's days that we're not going to be excited. Like there's plenty of days that I'm not excited. And it's like, we can do things like batching content. We can release the expectation that we have to be posting every single day. We can push through that resistance and do the thing that we don't feel like doing because it is going to be good for our business. Like we don't just get to sit back and do nothing every single time just because we don't feel like it. Like that's obviously not sustainable for a business and we're not going to feel like it all the time. But if you can create a situation that helps you feel like it more often, that's going to be hugely useful to you. Mm-hmm. This is reminding me of something. So early on in my career, so I, you know, I started out as a coach and I, I, I guess I intended to like build a business, but I didn't intend to build a company. And I didn't know that because I want to be a transformational coach, I was going to get into internet marketing and branding and, you know, like all this business stuff. And when then when it came down to copywriting, I was just like, so help me God. Like I just, I hated all that stuff. Like I just wanted to do the work of coaching. And yet I also didn't want to be broke. So I had a choice and uh, did I want to be right or did I want to be happy? So I made very clear decisions to learn these skill sets that were just necessary if I was going to have my own business. And when it came to copywriting, I, I remember feeling similarly daunted. I was just like, what am I supposed to write about? And who's going to care? And what do I have to say? And Finally, what I did was I would turn solo mailers and even newsletters into, even if they were selling ones, um, into basically a journal to myself because it really followed what's most personal is what's most universal. So if it was a pain point for me, it'd be a pain point for someone else. If it was exciting to me, it'd be exciting to someone else. I can't believe I've never, not never, but I haven't fully applied this mentality to my writing on social media. Uh, and yeah. so it's like, because that's what would dig me into the trenches. It's like, am I interested in reading this? Am I interested in talking about this? And then it just, it was like so connected to my heart. So do you treat your posts like journal entries or like, how do you view them? Yeah, I think that's a great question. I love the story you shared, by the way. I think that's such a great reminder. Like sometimes we work through something in one area and we forget to apply it to another area. We're like, oh yeah, I've already done that. <laughs> Got it. Let's do that somewhere. Uh huh. Yeah, I love that. So, in terms of what to write and post, I think this is an awesome opportunity to give some practical content information. So, yes, let's do it. I love practical tips. I'm so excited to share. So, in terms of social media content, there's obviously a lot of different things, but let's talk about the feed really quick. So, when it comes to your feed, consider like your the pictures and the images first. Those are going to be your billboard when someone finds your account some way, somehow, they are going to look at your page and their brain has three seconds to figure out, oh, I think I know who I get this person and it feels like somebody that I'm interested in following, right? And the way that they figure that out is based on the imagery, the graphics, the like the bio, the words that, that you describe yourself with, all of that stuff. So if you're struggling to figure out what to post, I always like to say, find a model of excellence on social media somewhere. Do some digging if you're not following them already. Usually we're following a specific group of people that are in this bubble and we feel like those are the only people in the bubble, but there's so many people on Instagram. So find a model of excellence in someone whose content 
is like similar to what you think you would like to make. There are people with content that have a lot of videos. There's a lot of like demonstration videos or talking head videos. There's a lot of people that do infographics. There's a lot of people that do more lifestyle photo shoot stuff. And there's a ton of different options, but choose something that feels like, you know what, I can stick to this and commit to this and I can make this my billboard. The second thing to consider is obviously what you're going to say and what you're going to write. And there's a lot of different types of content. So there's content that helps your business, which is going to be more of your copy content. So that's going to be pitching. That's going to be calls to action to click a link in your bio. That's copywriting heavy, which is going to use their, the words and the language of your ideal client and customer discussing things like the benefits of your program or a myth about something in your industry that you're going to bust and then dive in and pitch into your program or into your offer, right? Mm-hmm. It's probably taught you guys a lot about this type of stuff. So the copy content is going to be more for your pitching of your programs and offers, which should be dependent on your launches, dependent on your sales cycles. It should be anywhere from a couple posts a week, depending on if you're in a launch to every, you know, so often. And then there's going to be storytelling content. So storytelling content is one of the best ways to teach lessons without just teaching directly. It has personality. We've been telling stories forever and ever and ever. And Mm -hmm. humans learn through storytelling. That's how we like live in the world and exist in the world. If we watch movies, we're watching a story. If we're reading a book, we're reading a story. So if you're storytelling, it gives people an extra opportunity, not only to get to know you, but to learn lessons through your story. And I can tell you right now, if I look into my Instagram insights, which we should all be doing on a consistent basis, just to check out what all this stuff means. And you go to your, if you have a business or a creator account, you can do this. Go to your last six months, your last year, and you click on how many, which posts got the most direct follows. Like someone read this, wasn't following me, went to go press the follow button after reading the post. It was every single time it was a storytelling post. Wow. Fascinating information. Totally. (laughs) And then from storytelling, there's also obviously like teaching posts, information, like five ways for this, five tips for this. 11 characteristics of successful entrepreneurs, like things that actually teach information and solve problems, like five tips for DMing people and, and selling in, in your DMs or whatever. So like things like that, that are going to just be the value people come back for over and over and over. Not to say that the stories don't have value because they do not to say that the pitching doesn't have value because it should, but this is going to be like the things that people save, right? And then the other thing you want to think about is what content is going to be more shareable and viral. And this is an interesting one. And it's something that I see a lot of entrepreneurs not do. A lot of people who are the creators, those people that have like their creative heart, they are the ones that are really focused on this. And this is why these people usually have bigger audiences. This was me. The the shareable viral style content is has a couple of different factors to it. It's like, think about your posts. Is this something that somebody else would want to put on their Instagram story feed? If so, why? Most of the time, there's a couple of different factors. Number one, mainstream, like kind of basic. 
So not basic as in dumb, but if it's too high level, like let's just say, for example, I make an infographic that says five tips for engaging, creating higher engagement on Instagram. And I write a list of like, communicate with your audience, blah, 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 any of that type of stuff. It's not something that somebody else really cares to put on their feed, right? Mm-hmm. I do a post recently, I had one go viral that was like, get your shit together. And then I crossed that out. And it said, regulate your emotions, focus on healing and just reframe to get your shit together. And uh-huh. that's something that other people feel as though they have this level of intelligence, where they feel like they could have said that. Mm-hmm. So it's like, Oh, fuck. Yes, I agree. I would I couldn't have said this better myself. And there's that and then there's like confirmation bias like oh i already believed this and that's why think about astrology memes like Mm -hmm. oh my god i'm a cancer and i totally this is totally me so people share things that are totally them they totally agree with couldn't have said it better myself so if you're not doing that you're losing the opportunity to get your content to go viral and to actually be shared so definitely go back and write all those down if you don't have a notebook out (laughs) and make sure you're doing a variety of those all the time. I love it. I love it. I love it. And then do you like actually strategize like, or do you write what you feel like? Is there, you know, you just kind of do the variety piece. How do you do it? Yeah, I think that's a good question. So I definitely feel like if you don't have a strategy, you should. I personally have a content strategy, but like everyone's strategy is based on what their current goals are. So make sure that you have clarity on what your goals are. And most people's goals are grow audience, get clients, right? At the end of the day. (laughs) So you want to make sure that there's a variety of content that's going to actually help you grow. Mm Because your content, like let's just say it's a picture of you and then you're pitching your business offer or whatever. That's not going to help your Instagram account Grow, it's going to help your business get more clients. Yes. So each post has intentionality behind it. So it's like if you've done a lot of those posts, don't expect your audience size to grow. Make sure that you are either weaving in posts that are going to help your audience size grow or taking a season, maybe it's like post enrollment of your offer or post launch or pre launch where you're creating content specifically around growth and storytelling and connection and engagement. I have an Instagram course called Codes of Content and I talk about just the the cycles that we can use to strategize the back and forth of making sure that if you're doing a launch, know that you're going to have to lead people into it. You're going to have to do a lot more copywriting, especially if you're using Instagram for a lot of your lead generation. And then you're going to be talking about it during the entirety of the launch. And by the end of that launch, it's a perfect opportunity to tell a story, to create some lighter content, to create some like easy, digestible, shareable content that gives a lot of value because you just asked quite a bit. So then it's like the give mode and the serve mode and the entertaining mode, right? So Mm -hmm. going back and forth and like oscillating between the two, super powerful. Love this, love this, love this. Thank you for being so generous with these tips. And I can feel like people would probably be like, the only thing that would stop anybody after listening to this of like being so excited to go create their own content on Instagram would be if someone has debilitating fear of the, but what about the haters and the criticizers and what are other people going to think? So 
I am sure you have run the gamut of comments from people worshiping you and thinking you walk on water to the other end of the spectrum. So what advice do you have for the court of public opinion? Yeah, I love that. And that's actually a, a huge part of my story because back when I did fitness, a lot of the criticism began when I started to gain more attention. Just a quick background, I've had a people call me too fat to be a fitness influencer because I gained weight after my fitness competition, been called fat, been called dumb bitch. I've been called um, a scam artist when I switched from fitness to business. I have hate videos about me on YouTube. I have a hate podcast about me. Oh my goodness, Amanda. <laughs> I know, I've also talked about my open relationship online and there's a ton of like religious and, and, and you know, there's tons of criticism about that. And the thing to remember is that social media is a reflection of the collective consciousness. And there are a lot of people asleep. And it's a very heavy, heavy mirror for people. So you just existing on social media is going to trigger people. It's, mm -hmm. a, it's a mirror for their own shit. Like just existing is going to trigger someone who is insecure and not taking ownership of their full potential. And it might be deeply triggering to them. I actually have a girl in my mastermind right now. She just joined. And a couple of months ago, we were at an event together where I spoke and she was like, Hey, Amanda, I followed you from fitness. I remember unfollowing you because I was so triggered by you when you switched into business. I was mm -hmm. like triggered. And then I worked through my own shit about it. And I recognized that you were taking ownership of a part of you and doing something new. And I didn't have the guts to do that. And I refollowed you. And now she just joined my $30,000 mastermind program. Beautiful. So it's like, it's like, you can't take it personally. And it's hard to not take it personally. And I have taken it personally. And it's knocked me out on my butt before with crying and insecurity and wanting to quit. I was like, I should just quit YouTube. I should just quit this whole social media thing. This is too much. It's too much. It's too much. And it forced me to get emotionally resilient. It forced me to validate myself and not look for external validation from other people, even if it's good. Even mm -hmm. if it's like, you are a goddess queen that walks this earth. You are an angel. Thank you for your existence. I don't know what I would do without you. Even if it's that. That you have to take that as neutral feedback. It doesn't have a positive or a negative charge. It has to be neutral. Same mm -hmm. thing with negative. It has to have a neutral charge. Work to receive feedback neutrally. We we don't give our power away to other people. And mm -hmm. when we're allowing uh, external voices, like random comments, like "Oh, this is stupid," or like "You're dumb," or "You don't know what you're talking about," or "Who are you to to blah blah blah?" If we let that affect us. We're missing the whole point that it's about them and not about us. And that gets to be an awesome opportunity for us to do the work on ourselves and say, oh, I'm feeling triggered. Okay, how can I work through this trigger? How can mm -hmm. I um, use this as fuel to get better and to shift my perception around this person and believing? Usually for me, whenever I got really affected by these comments was when I believed them. Mm -hmm. when I wanted to have and I was mm -hmm. like oh I maybe I am stupid maybe mm -hmm. I am just like a dumb 24 year old who doesn't know what the fuck she's talking about and shouldn't be doing this and never mind you know like when mm -hmm. I got into that that's when it really affected me and then when I 
was able to, to work through that and to keep going in the face of adversity and be like, you know what? No, <laughs> I am great. I think what I'm doing is awesome. I, I'll totally take ownership of maybe something that I could say in a better way, or maybe I need to learn more or, you know, master my craft more. The more you also master your craft and get really, really good at your expertise, it's, it's not going to affect you as much because you're going to be able to masterfully and intellectually go back and forth with someone and have a conversation with them and maybe educate them. So I really think at the end of the day, it's an opportunity to grow. So don't shy away from it. It's like, there's so much growth there. And I don't know what I would do without my haters. I, I feel like they helped make me who I am today. Like, thank you. I absolutely. So <laughs> absolutely. It's, it's so beautiful to hear what you're saying because for anyone afraid of that happening, it's like going to England and being afraid it's going to rain. It is going to happen. And there isn't a successful woman out there. There is not a successful woman. I'm going to say it again. There's not a successful woman out there that hasn't experienced it. You know, I remember when my career first started and all this was like so new to me and I had the same, you know, high hopes for a better life and the same fears and insecurities. And, you know, when my first haters showed up, I was like, I'm not sure I'm going to recover from this. And the gift that that one brought me was I actually didn't realize how codependent I was, meaning how much I needed other people's approval to feel okay about myself. And doing the deep work, it really, it shed that, like that first like big hater experience literally freed me from my codependency. Mm -hmm. And it was just like this unleashing. And then I just learned more about human behavior. And what I learned, like I had like the people that were like, oh my gosh, Gina, you're amazing. Your program changed my life. Is that, and then whatever would happen and they would have a different experience. And it's like, how dare you? And who do you think you are? Like they turned on me. And at first it was jolting and confusing. And then I'd have the haters that were like, who do you think you are? And then they became the super fans. Right. And so then I just realized Big voices, that's just a personality trait. And they're gonna their voice is gonna be big, whether they like something or they don't like something. And if that someone is me, then I gotta thank God I read the four agreements that said neither one of them have anything to do with me. Exactly. And so it is, it's just such a testament. And I think the for whoever's listening, whatever your brand is, if you don't have an element of controversy in it, you're you're missing out. So like Amanda's talking about the whole fitness piece and you know, jealousy and criticism and and envyism and all of the that that goes in there. For me at Divine Living, um, well, I haven't uh, gone for the bikini competition yet, Amanda. So stay tuned. But well, we'll see for who. But um, what I do have it with is around luxury. So yes, I love women's empowerment and spirituality and and the deep inner work. But I am also I love materialism. I love luxury. I love lifestyle. And for so long, I tried to kind of like front load divine living as like 95.9% substance and personal development. And you know, like, well, and do you like a little bit of Jimmy Choo on the side? And it wasn't until I really outed myself and was like, I'm going to stop squelching this. Like I love it all in equal parts. I love spirituality and I love my shopping and I love my five-star hotels and travel. And I love the deep inner work. 
And so when I brought it all together, it was I I thought it would be aspirational for women. Like, who doesn't love a great lifestyle? Well, apparently it's very triggering for a lot, a lot, a lot of women. And that's where the haters and attack came in. So I've had like the women come to me like, Gina, I've subscribed, unsubscribed. I wanted what you had. I thought it was wrong. That's and so you know, again, coming full circle. So I just want to share with anyone who might be afraid of that experience. It will, you know, those first attacks around the luxury piece were actually what, you know, I did the same thing. Well, maybe it is wrong. And maybe it's too much of a carbon footprint. And like, I'm like this terrible person for liking what I, I like foie gras. And, and then I just finally got it. I actually love foie gras. I love my stilettos. It's like, it is who I am. And, and I stopped apologizing for it. Audacity to be queen. It's the audacity to be queen. And now the book's coming out. So, you know, I think it's for all of us to truly own and celebrate who we are. And it's going to be the perfect combination for some. Have the audacity to be who you are. Hundred percent, hundred percent, and um, sometimes when you get that pushback, it's just gonna like have you dig into your guts just that much deeper to just be like, yeah, this is totally who I am. So, Amanda, you are such a love. You're so generous, so amazing. Thank you for walking your talk. Thank you for sharing your tactical elements with us. I can't even believe that I'm more excited to go write my own Instagram post now. And uh, my job is done. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Well, everyone, if you are not already, which I'm sure you are, but for the you know few people that have been living with the Amish recently, you can follow Amanda Bucci on Instagram. Find her there. Go to amandabucci.com to find out about her programs and her courses and all the amazing things that she's up to. And again, Amanda, thank you so much for your time and being here today. Thank you, Gina. I love you. Thank you so much for having me. And thank you guys so much for listening. Thanks so much for being here today. Whew. I know I feel better. I hope you feel better. I want to invite you to make sure that you are signed up for the Q Club premiere. That's right. This is five days where you just get to come and be given to the desire that you we're talking about you manifesting. It's going to be just enhanced and supported so much more over these five days of goodness of you getting so great at divine living. So I want to make sure you're there. It's totally free. Tell all your friends about it. Check out the links in the show notes and make sure you are signed up because it's only five days. I want to make sure that you get in on it. Lots of love, ladies. All right, gorgeous. I hope that this episode has been such a blessing in your life. And if you are looking to further elevate your life and discover the unapologetic art of dreaming big and manifesting your most fabulous life, get a copy of my book, The Audacity to be Queen Today. It's filled with 20 page turning chapters. This book is designed to unlock your truest potential, reprogram your mindset, and have you living the life you've always imagined. You can get it at divineliving.com forward slash book and dive into all things queen today.